0: Well, welcome to Lake Avenue Church. Uh, If you're in the room, you've been so welcomed. If you're visiting with us and worshiping online, I wanna say hello to you as well. We're really grateful uh, to be together this morning as we begin a a new series, a four week series in the book of Philippians. Uh, We are all in a season where the buzzword is reopening. In fact, yesterday I was walking with my oldest son. We were in the middle of a street Uh, Our destination was a restaurant, but in the middle of the street, early in the morning, there were no cars around and I had to look at him and I said, son, help me understand. It's 7 a.m. in the morning, there's nobody around. I know that we bring our mask to go inside the store, but why the mask now? And he explained to me that he can't figure out anymore when and where and percentages, and it hit me that that's just so true for so many of us, that as everything begins to reopen, the kind of things we're around are percentages and inside and outside and vaccinated and not vaccinated, and in this particular kind of in-between season of going from the last 14 months of our lives to this gradual reopening back into prayerfully life as it will be now, uh, the reality is we need some perspective as followers of Jesus on what it means to reopen our own lives. So that when we come back and enter into life uh, a way in a different way than the last 14 months or so, that we would re enter, reopen our own lives as prayerfully, passionate followers of Jesus. That we, although maybe restaurants are at 50%, that we don't enter relationships and situations at 50%. That we come with all of who God has made us as his people as his individual follower of Jesus and for us as Lake Avenue Church, that we would enter into whatever situation, whatever conversation, whatever relationship, whatever phased reality in society, but that we would come with all of who God made us to be. And I believe that Philippians is a great book to help us, that Philippians will be a great guide for us To make sure that as we come in and reopen our lives, that we come back on the most essential things, that we hear these beautifully dense and clear instructions from Paul uh, to the church in Philippi. But I think what you will begin to see, I pray, and although we are in Philippians as a church a lot over the last 20 years, the word of God is living and active and breathes and speaks to this moment that we are living in. Some background, hang with me. We will jump into our text in a moment. But I want you to understand just three pieces of background of what's happening in the larger context of the church in Philippi and in this colony of Philippi. First thing we need to understand as we read rich. Beautiful words, words that many of you have memorized. Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I remember that verse when I was in high school and I was screaming that verse in my head as I did my driver's test. Or I did it when I was sitting down to pass the, uh, or get, try to get a good score on the SAT. You know how that turned out. But understand, Paul is writing these memorable powerful verses that we call upon in our lives from prison. Paul is writing this letter from prison. That is a powerful context of what we will read and what we will be in the next four weeks because prison letters reveal character, don't they? Uh, the, The big news in the last many weeks is Bernie Madoff Uh, died in prison, and I watched something last week about all the way till the end, there was a heavy streak of narcissism, not willing to admit, really, that he did anything wrong. In prison, in our lowest moments, character and real, real depth and honesty is revealed, and this is what we get from Paul as he writes this letter from prison And what Paul is going to model for us is what faithfulness looks like as a follower of Jesus on two fronts. Lake Avenue Church, friends of Lake Avenue Church, hear me. Paul's following of Jesus cost him tremendously. He finds himself in prison because of his devotion to Jesus. That just on its own should stand as an example for us of what it means to take up our cross and follow Jesus. There's consequences, there's penalties. It doesn't always work out where we get to uh, walk around freely in life when we follow Jesus. Paul, just by his very presence in prison, models for us faithfulness but also his words, his perspective from his situation to a group of people in a very different situation should also model for us what it's like to be a friend, what it's like to be pastoral, what it's like to care for people in different circumstances than your own. And what I love about chapter one is that Paul begins right away by sharing his heart of how much he loves this group of people and sharing his heart how he's praying for them and we'll be there in a moment. So Paul's in prison. We need to understand that context. Second, we need to understand that Philippi itself was a Roman colony. Now, Philippi, we read in Acts 16, it was kind of like a model city, this, this city, this colony, this, this uh, unique community was kind of like the Florida if you were of the Roman military. This is where you retired. This was a, a very profound city in some sense with a lot of educated people, a lot of culture, a lot of art, a, a lot of sophistication, a lot of culture embedded in kind of Roman culture, it's significant cultural center that valued in particular status, sound familiar? If you have money, if you have enough Instagram followers, if you have enough letters behind your name, you were esteemed in this community. And there are challenges in these kinds of communities. One of those challenges is when a, when a cultural center, when a city that, is, God, that esteems education and status and money, when all of that exists and then the church of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ comes into that context, we prayerfully, you know the Bible enough to know that that is very disruptive to all of those values. And so this context of Paul being in prison to a writing to a church that's in this roman colony very esteemed and what we can pick up from the text is that within this expression of church this early church this gospel this disruptive gospel that comes in this context is starting to call people who had have no business to be in each other's lives rich and poor different ethnicities And what we can see is that within that budding church in Philippi, in that context, that there's some internal disagreements, frankly, around what's most important about being the church, what's most important about this message and gospel of Jesus Christ. So we have Paul writing from prison. Philippi is this Roman colony, and within the church, within this colony, we find that there's internal disagreements, which, frankly, if you follow the epistles, this is Paul's kind of bread and butter. Paul is always writing into these new churches that are filled with people with different backgrounds, different experiences, and he's writing to them, encouraging them, giving instruction on how you be this new community, and in this particular community In Philippi, what we see is Paul has a deep, deep affection for this group of people. There's something about this group of people that Paul especially loves. Again, go back to Acts 16. You can read how this church began with the ragtag group of people that started it. Paul now writing from prison. The reason he's sending a letter back is because this church liked him too. And they actually sent someone over to him to give him uh, some money so that he could, you know, have some resources while he was in prison. And he pens this letter back to the church out of thanks. The first eight verses of chapter one are these beautiful Pauline greetings of of being thankful for them and being grateful for them and greeting them in the name of the Lord Jesus. But essentially, Paul is writing to a church church. With, with a very uh, dominant kind of culture that valued a lot of things that are at odds with the gospel, within a church with a lot of perspectives and, and disagreements and things. I mean, I, I, and he's telling them how to live and be faithful in this moment. And my prayer is that we would allow Paul to speak to us in our moment, that although we're not a Roman colony, we are a community as the United States and as Westerners that value status. What does the gospel have to say about that? What does Jesus have to say about that in his words and in his life? We are a church, praise God. Praise God, we are a church of rich and poor. We are a church uh, that when I think and I watch the news and we see what's happening in India, we're a church where I'm praying for your families and you, so many of you by name. We are a church when you just pick up the headlines of of everybody's story, of how you found yourself at Lake Avenue, and within that broad context of who God has gathered here at 393, there are internal disagreements from time to time, and we need Paul to help us focus on the essentials. The series is titled Shine Like Stars, And I would encourage you, I'm trying to do this with our boys, I would invite you to do this in your lives, that you would memorize these verses over the next month, that you would read them at your table, that you would pray them to the Lord, that you would commit them to some level of memory. In Philippians 2, 14 through 16, the first part of 16, listen to this instruction. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life as you and I reopen our lives as we try to bring the fullness of who God has made us into the world that is in a phased reopening and we want to be fully reopened relationally emotionally spiritually remember our goal Remember our mission, that we would live in such a way with one another and in this world that when people see us and interact with us, that we shine like stars, we bring light to a crooked and warped world, a dark world, that we would be different. This is Paul's instruction to the church in Philippi, and I pray that it becomes the instruction for your life and my life. And Paul is going to go over and over and over again of what it looks like to be found faithful so that our lives shine and so that our church would shine. But Paul starts where everything needs to start. Paul starts with prayer. And what we are going to do is just read the three verses of prayer. And we'll let that focus us for this first week. And next week, we'll be in chapter two. If you have a copy of the scriptures and you're able, would you please stand for the reading of God's word? We'll be in Philippians chapter one, verses nine through 11. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Amen, you may be seated. If you're a note taker, you're trying to understand where all of this is going, It's one phrase, what we see in this prayer is a prayer for increasing love that builds to increasing wisdom for fruitful and focused living. Paul is praying a prayer for increasing love that builds to increasing wisdom for fruitful and focused living. Let's break it down just one at a time. First, First part of this prayer is this prayer for increasing love in verse nine. Paul prays that our love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. It's the title of this message today, More and More. Paul is praying that the church in Philippi, I am praying that the church at 393 North Lake Avenue would abound, would grow in love more and more. We have talked about love for weeks. In fact, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about being sanctified by the word, one of the final things I said is the evidence of sanctification should show up in the way we love one another and love God more and more. And that theme comes right back here when he prays that our love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. It's an increasing love he's praying for. But again, you and I live in a world where love is so uh, uh, reduced down to emotion. So I really love what Julia, uh, what they did in that video, Julia and Leah. And you can see why my son will never miss middle school. He, 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 it's not just pure emotion. I mean, that's why we have knowledge and depth of insight. What, what Paul is praying for is a kind of love that, yes, includes emotion, But it's the kind of love that is comprehensive of the heart and the head. It's it's a love that moves to knowledge. It's not a generic love. Increasing love is not pure emotion. It's head and heart combined. Knowledge and depth of insight. See, love without knowledge, to me, think about that for a moment. I, I think this is frankly the value that our society values at a very general level. Love without knowledge. Just be generically loving. And I think there's deep, deep value in that, especially as followers of Jesus in a mission to woo the world to Jesus Christ. We need that, but we don't stop there. We're not just a group of people who generically kind of unemotionally or unintelligently kind of have just wandering hearts that leap towards nothing rooted. Love without knowledge, I think, Could be reduced to two words that aren't that great. Uh, Love without knowledge could be cute, could also be very impotent to do anything real and meaningful in this world. It's without depth. And, And we could go into great detail, but I think this is the general value of the society we live in love without knowledge but the reverse is also dangerous in fact we have scriptures that speak to the opposite when we have knowledge without love that we can know truth we can have wisdom we can have depth of insight but if that kind of knowledge isn't paired with love the bible in first corinthians paul's going to say that's just noise You know the verse, 1 Corinthians 13, if I speak in tongues of men or angels, but I have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. He will go on to describe over and over again. You can have all the right kind of traits. You can have all the right beliefs. You can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you do not have love, you are noise. And the accusation of followers of Jesus in this world, if the the cultural... uh, Kind of label would be there's a lot of love without knowledge. At least the accusation that comes at people like us is that we've got a lot of knowledge but no love. I'm not sure if I think that's fair or not, but it is what is accused. And Paul speaks to this. Uh, in an increasing love that's of head and heart is a useful kind of love. It's the kind of love that you experience when, you, when you're vulnerable with a friend. And they not just listen to you, but they bless you. It's the kind of love that when you're with your brothers and sisters in faith and you're going through something difficult or they're going through something difficult and they share that verse that just touches the moment or they lend a helpful hand in that moment. They don't just absorb but they sit with you in that moment and bring truth and knowledge and perspective. That is the kind of increasing love that Paul speaks of. I want to show you just a brief video that I hope captures this kind of head and heart. Probably something that for so many of you, you're not really aware of that's been happening over the last 14 months on our campus through Kumunadad, Our our, our church family members. So, could we show this video where we can see what increasing love looks like?
1: I don't know if you know what I think is probably one of the best kept secrets about what's been going on for the last year. Uh, You see all this activity here behind me, and what you're looking at is Comunidad de las Americas about one year ago. And and as a reminder, Comunidad is our Spanish-speaking community, part of the Lake family. About a year ago, soon after the the COVID began, as we looked at the neighborhood, Comunidad said, we got to stop looking, we got to start engaging. And so they saw all the needs, people losing jobs, et cetera, et cetera, we all know these stories. And so partnering with a number of groups in the Los Angeles County area, they began a food drive, which started with just about four or five families within Comunidad itself. The word began to grow. Comunidad's leadership under Pastor Jorge began to have conversations with others. And pretty soon a number of organizations began donating food, but a bunch of folks began to donate some extra money. And so today, here we are about one year after COVID started and they began this food drive Approximately 80 families come here on Saturday morning, where they get an opportunity to pick up just some basic stables and some some cleaning items. And then on the other side of that, they now do delivery to a handful of families throughout the San Gabriel Valley who can't actually get here. I just wanted to make sure that you had a chance to see what they're doing and have a chance to pray for them and encourage them. This is making a difference in our neighborhood. I am so glad that together, Le Comunidad Working Together is doing what Jesus called us to, to be a blessing wherever we are, to see the flourishing of the city around us. And I just wanna make sure you got a chance to see and hear a little of this story. Amen.
0: Increasing love. Paul prays that our love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. He also prays for increasing wisdom. In verse 10, so paired in this progress of increasing love and that increasing love will translate into increasing wisdom so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ There's two aspects to this verse I want you to see. Paul's speaking about priorities, and he's also speaking about moral discernment. Let's start with priority. When he prays what is best, that you and I will be able to discern what is best, remember the context Remember just even that, that quick glimpse of a status-oriented society with all kinds of people from different backgrounds, with all kinds of cultural values, with all kinds of stories prior to coming to Jesus. A, a church with internal, some disagreements, probably mostly informed by those backgrounds, What Paul is appealing for them to have discernment about is about what is best. What are the main things? This is going to be a theme through Philippians. You will see over and over again how Paul comes back to Jesus Christ crucified and resurrected. He will come back to Jesus being the model of sacrifice. He will come back to this very gospel of Jesus as the most essential thing for them to focus on. Main things versus other things. He's praying that they would know what's really important and what really matters. And in the church at this time, the essential realities around what is primary, we talk about, versus secondary, and to never focus on secondary issues at the expense of primary issues. Paul will do this over and over and over again. This prayer for increasing wisdom is that the people of God, the prayer then for you and me is that we would be a kind of people who can have discernment over what is most important. In a world that's telling you and me that everything is important, all the time, everything, how do we live? Well, with an increasing love that grows into increasing wisdom so that we can be about the most important things. And he does speak very specifically in this verse about moral discernment when he prays that we would be pure and blameless. And I think that this prayer and what this situation in Philippi is, is an acknowledgement that this, there's a lot of parts of being the church and a follower of Jesus that fall into clear right and clear wrong. But most of the time, we live in this weird, gray, in-between space. We need to have moral discernment. We need to have discernment to be able to know how to live in those conversations, in those situations, in those things that don't just fall so clearly within, say, the Ten Commandments, praying that we would be a people who grow in love and grow in wisdom so that we can have the moral discernment to cut in to those gray areas and live practical lives, making sound decisions. Paul is praying for us to have increasing love a holistic kind of love, head and heart. He's praying that we have increasing wisdom so that we can be about the most important things and that we can live faithful, practical lives in a very complex world. And and it's a complex world we are living in, Lake Avenue. For what purpose? For what purpose is Paul praying that we would have increasing love and increasing wisdom? He's praying in verse 11 so that we can have fruitful and focused lives so that we can be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God Uh, fruitful fruitful being filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ this specifically is speaking about the fruit that comes from right living with God being sanctified by God after we've been saved by God the fruit that comes from right living in Christ, not a generic kind of life that just kind of bebops around, but a life that when focused on the most important things, a, a life that when, when seeking to grow and being practical, full-hearted, loving people, that fruit would come. Increasing love with increasing wisdom ought to produce fruit in our lives. And this is why I will say, and I pray that many of you are in this room, and I pray that many of you are on your computer or phone screen right now, that maybe you haven't begun to follow Jesus. But I, I'm just wondering sometimes where the fruit is in our lives. And I'm just wondering if our right living's connected to fruit. What does it look like to have a movement of people come to Christ, for evangelism to take to take place in this world well increasing love with increasing wisdom ought to lead to fruitful living evangelism needs love to be paired with it not formulas evangelism needs wisdom to be connected to relationships it's the result of practical love being lived out and like I just want to encourage you again I know that there are many things we have not been able to do and show like normal, but just even yesterday, Pastor Matthew had the great privilege to baptize three people connected to our church family. One of them is downstairs right now running these slides, Lucas Elliott. We have some pictures. Yesterday, Lauren Jones and Jesse Jones and Lucas Elliott were baptized and they're proclaiming their faith in Jesus Christ. These are people who who have met Christ in a profound way in a season where the narrative is people aren't meeting Christ. These are people who have found fruit emerging from the relationships around them in their life. Increasing love leading to increasing wisdom produces fruitful living, but it's also focused living. When Paul ends this prayer, to the glory and praise of God, what Paul is reminding us and telling us is that all of life, all of these efforts to love, to grow in wisdom and discernment, to to, to be caught up in the right, the fruit that comes from the right living of following Jesus is not so that you and me as human beings might get glory and praise for what we do in this life. It's all about God. It's all about to the glory and praise of God, that God's glory and praise is the focus of our lives, not our own, and Lake Avenue Church, let me just tell you, as we reopen our lives in this world, as we emerge out of this weird season we are living in, the temptation will be for you and me to march out into this life thinking about what we want to do what I personally have not been able to do or what I think I should have been able to do and to put ourselves and our focus as the main thing that's important in the next few months. And while that could be connected to some level of truth, do you see Paul's prayer from prison, from his perspective that everything is for the glory and praise of God? This is what we have been invited into, to surrender our lives, our wants, our wishes Under the name and and lordship of God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, through the help of the Holy Spirit, you and I have an opportunity to live a focused life that says this life is not about me, it's about God and to his glory I live. So how might we apply this this week? I'm going to ask you to to pray this prayer over and over again. I want to tell you how I've been praying for us as a church family to grow with increasing love. There's three areas I've been praying for. I'm praying that in this next season, that we at Lake Avenue Church would have an increasing love for Jesus. That you would love Jesus more and more and more. I'm praying that as you love Jesus more and more, that you would have an increasing love for one another. I think you've picked up on that that you would have an increasing love for one another, that we could be this people God dreams us to be, that Jesus prayed for us to be, so that we can have an increasing love for the lost, that we can have an increasing love for those who are yet to follow Jesus, so that we can have more baptisms, more stories of people finding christ i'm praying lake avenue church for our increasing love for jesus for one another and for the lost join me in those prayers i'm praying as as we think about what does it mean to have increasing wisdom remember we can't get to that wisdom without that love but but i think discernment is this virtue this thing that we are going to need, a muscle we're going to need to to work out and, and, and build more and more in the world we live in. We have to have some discernment muscles to know what's the most important thing in a world with lots of things. We need discernment to know what situations, opportunities, values, principles God's invited us to be in versus ones where maybe that's important, but we're not going to compromise our primary over the secondary. And one of my biggest concerns for followers of Jesus in the world we live in is that we have found ways to subcontract out the discernment that God wants to build in your mind and your heart. Subcontracting out your discernment looks something like this. I take my cues from Instagram. I take my cues from the the pastors that I like watching on YouTube who say things that I agree with. I I, I take my cues from certain places and, and I think God gives all of those spaces to, but did you know this prayer is that God wants to give you the ability to discern as well? You don't have to subcontract out your discernment. He's given you his Holy Spirit. He's given you his word. And if you love him and you love him, he will lead you. He will build in you the ability to know what is best and what is good. And you and I are going to need to have him lead us because to discern how to press into our new future without being owned or stuck by the past i think that's going to be a trap for us some of us need some some movement with fruitful and focused living and over the next many months i pray that we begin again conversations of how to be how to how to live faithfully to be fruitful in this world how do you initiate spiritual conversations with your friends, neighbors, strangers? What does it look like to share Jesus in this world where the the headline's already been stolen and a lot of people have said, I get all that, but no thank you. Uh, What does it mean to, to be the church in this moment now and for the next 10 years, we've got to lean into this together. And the question is, who are we living for? Because I'll tell you the truth, if I believe that to do all of this, to be this comprehensively loving person with incredible discernment and wisdom and to make sure my life is bearing fruit from the right living of God, if I wake up every day and believe that's on me, Jeff Matisich, to produce, I'm dead. If I believe that when I put my head down at night, that my day was about me and what I did and what I got and what I achieved and what I cons I'm dead all of this is to the glory of God and it will cost us it will cost you I pray it won't cost us like Paul I pray that it won't mean we're going to prison but it is costly to follow Jesus. It's also quite beautiful as we will see in Philippians, that when you center on the main thing and you experience Jesus and you grow in your love for Jesus, the kinds of crazy things that Paul says are so true. I I I knew it when I went for my driving test. I didn't know he was in prison when I memorized that verse, but the word of God is powerful and perspective is powerful. And it will cost us to follow Jesus, but the payout is huge. For us to recognize what it cost us to follow Jesus, as I invite the musicians forward, we have to remember what it cost Jesus to be in relationship with us. And this is our communion Sunday. And in a moment, we will take communion together. If you're in the room, you were given the elements, welcome to your new normal. They're tricky, so be careful when you open them. If you are on the screen with us during the song, I invite you to go gather some of the elements in your home. Whatever you have will be fine. And what we will do in this communion moment is is this reorientation. It's It's this sacrament that Jesus tells us to do because I think he understands what it means to be us. Is that we can actually go about trying to follow Jesus thinking it's all up to us. And he says, no, no, you come back to this table because it's at this table where my broken body and my shed blood is the very meal, the very act of love that gives us the grace to live the way he calls us to live. So I will come up after uh, this short song and we will take communion together. Please hold it and we'll be a family.
2: on Christ's work on the cross and in our lives as we sing this song together. Before the Lord.
0: On the night that our Lord was betrayed, he was with his disciples. He took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you, take and eat. And then he took the cup. And he said, this cup is the new covenant, the new agreement. And this agreement between God and His people is going to be marked by the shedding of my blood for the forgiveness of sin. The sin that you and I participate in knowingly and willingly, the sin of this world shed for us, take and drink. Join me in prayer. Father, in this moment, maybe more than other moments in our week, we recognize your lordship and your presence. We've come to worship you today. We've come to your word and and, and we sense that this prayer, that Paul prays for the Philippian church, is a prayer that we pray for ourselves, that I'm praying for this church. God, as as we come to want to have a uh, increasing love, to have increased wisdom, so that we can be fruitful and focused in this life. We recognize that the only hope we have for any of this is because of your Son Jesus being sent to this world, dying for our sins, showing us what increasing love looks like, showing us what discernment is showing us what focused living is. And we now here are the fruit of that act of love of Jesus on the cross. Help us, Father, at Lake Avenue Church, shine like stars in this world. We need your help to do so. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you please stand for the benediction? As many of you know, uh, we are sharing this space with uh, Comunidad, and they have led us so beautifully. And so after the service were a little long, if you could take conversations outside so Comunidad could set up, the chapel roof is almost uh, able to have them come back in next week. Thank you. Um, Before we lead out, two things. Uh, On Thursday is the National Day of Prayer, and in this phased reopening, we are not doing a gathering like we normally do. I love the one we had either last year or the year before with all the other churches. But we do have a prayer guide and I invite you to go to our website and on Thursday, be very mindful and be very prayerful Uh, and that you would join in these eight areas that our prayer leadership team and Pastor Janine have put together for us to pray throughout the day. So please participate in that event in that day of prayer uh, for our nation. I'd also like to tell you that Green Oak Ranch is back. There are still spots. So if you need to get out, get out and go to Green Oak Ranch. Um, But we're really grateful for the Mitchell family, Michael in particular, and all those that are leading that effort. So we just wanted you to know a version of Green Oak is back. It's only, I think, at a certain percentage, so don't delay. Um, As you leave, if you're in this room, uh, there's going to be baskets, and that will be for our benevolence offering that we take. And, And we also have plates, and that's for your regular offering. So plates, regular offering, baskets, benevolence. Flex with us. It's been a while, okay? We've got to figure this out. But as you head into this week, go in peace and live by faith. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit, build in you an increasing love that might build to increasing wisdom so that our lives and your life can be fruitful and focused to the glory of God. Amen. Have a wonderful week.